Welcome once again to Foxfire Farmhouse, the podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to dive right in with us today into the podcast that deals with all things movies and storytelling. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, Josh Bartels. Hi, Josh. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's, it's good. It's good to have you here. And who are you? I am actually the host, and he is my co-host. <gasps> Plot twist. Roll reversal. Plot twist. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm Elijah, and that's hmm. it. That's all I shall be known as. He's a co-host. We I are both am. technically co-hosts. Technically, because we are both the hosts of the show, and we're we cooperatively only, hosting. We only ever work out the technical roles. Of the podcast, on the podcast. There you go. We don't do this stuff behind the scenes. No, we don't. Elijah and I never talk in real life. We actually we literally only don't. ever come in here, sit down, and we don't talk to each other until we press record. We go to the same church, and I purposely don't talk to him. Because yep. I, I want to save that sweet, sweet content for the listener. Just for you. Just for the listener. Elijah and I could have a good time together if it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. You guys have ruined our lives. Are we supposed to guilt trip the audience into some kind of mm-hmm. thing? in the beginning so, is that how we do it i think so <laughs> okay. so, that, so that means that you guys have to listen to this to make it worth it otherwise yeah you guys are just and you've got to review what it. could have been a great friendship let us know how terrible the <laughs> online on air friendship is because mm-hmm. if it's so bad then maybe we'll cut the on air friendship and just go back to normal life yeah normal living hanging out with going pretty fam- good hanging out with our families you know i know i haven't seen my family like in forever <laughs> he's just been down here stuck yeah i've just been basement. sitting in the basement on like <laughs> pause waiting for for next podcast <laughs> right. Oh. Just living off of coffee and nos and crickets yep. and yep. spiders and raccoons and raccoons. Actually, I talked to my buddy about that. Mm-hmm. A little back to the oh, flashback. Man. Going, back. he's like that is not a deer. I don't think it is either. No, it's probably like he's like it's a. He said it's a varmint of some sort. It's uh, it's probably a possum or something. Interesting. Or he said it even could have been a rat. It could have just been uh, to- well, it must have just been total coincidence mm-hmm. that the we heard rat. this crazy noise. And they could have scared a deer. It. That's true. Yeah. So, anyway, the mystery of episode two. Go back and listen and solve the solve. mystery. Tell us what kind of critter that was that was Synergy uh, is what's out. happening right now. You, yeah. You have to go Episodes back. just rolling together. Intermingled. Yep. All right. So, we're, we usually start off the podcast episodes with something that we've been finding really cool or really exciting. And I just, as of this recording, watched Dune. And it is so beautifully fantastic. I imagine it is. It's wonderful. And I am still processing what I think about it in terms of it's standing on its own as a movie because, you read of book, course, the first time you, you – yeah, I did. <laughs> the first time you watch it, there's so much that you're thinking, oh, what are they going to do? Are they going to have this in it? Are they mm-hmm. going to have that in it? And so I'm bringing so much of the story to the screen. I think that only after I watch it the second time will yeah. I be able to see it, I guess, for the first time. You don't want to Phantom Menace this. You don't want to come back and be like, oh, it's so much to it, but it's, it's not. Yeah, it's exactly. not what I thought it was. Right, exactly. Yeah. And maybe that's what's going to happen. Who knows? I don't know. I was talking with my buddies, and there a lot of them really liked it. Some of them really didn't like it. They thought it was pretty boring. Um, it is very slow. Is it a spoiler? But to it's talk about the subtitle of that movie. No, it's not a spoiler. It's okay. public knowledge now. Okay, it's a part one. Yep. Yeah, and today, so that would have made me upset. It made it made my buddies upset. They're like, oh, okay, what? Today it was just announced that part two is officially greenlit and going. Yes. So as of I haven't even seen it. Today, what is today? We're recording on October 26th. Uh, so this will air here in about a week and a half. And as of October 26th, it is now officially coming. Doing oh, yeah. part two. I'm so excited. 
Yeah, and it would be a wonderful, like, super long back-to-back watch to put these together. Oh, yeah. It's it's just so – so so the story of Dune is that there is a, a – it's this fantasy world. The emperor is the top dog in the universe, and he is the one who is uh, in charge emperor. of assigning – Yeah, he's in charge of assigning different houses to different responsibilities. And House Atreides has been over the planet. I believe it's called Kaladin. And they are now being sent to take over Arrakis, which is a desert planet. And so uh, Paul Atreides is the prince of House Atreides. And his father, Leto Atreides, is the one who's inheriting this planet. The Harkonnens, who were the people in charge before, have now left. And there is tension between them the emperor and uh the house of Trades. and it's you'll have to watch it to get all the i'm so excited political stuff going on but it's such a big scale beautifully done movie just just stunning work really really good that's awesome and it's worth every minute of it so you should go watch uh the movie i love movies with houses and all sorts of things yeah. like that, political intrigue. Oh, it's 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 delightful. It doesn't and, and seem- has big action sets, yes. like big big action stuff, but so grounded and so character based that it's the it's that classic mashup between the indie art house type film and the big blockbuster movie. Yeah, beautiful beautiful film. Go yeah. watch it. You can watch it at home actually if you have HBO Max, mm-hmm. uh, or of course it's out in theaters now. But go watch it. I'm refusing to watch it at home. I want to see it in theater first. See, I watched it at home. I cheated. You yeah. got to watch it in theater. So man. maybe my second time needs to be the theater. There you go. Getting, that would probably. Then, but that, 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 that so won't much. give you an objective thing because you'll just get that full experience. That's just true. Like, oh my gosh, the sounds are so but, large. But in some ways, that experience is the experience of cinema, and so yeah. it's really hard to separate what a movie was like if you haven't seen it in the in the theaters which that's a whole mm-hmm. other discussion for another time yeah but yeah what is cinema oh man oh yeah if Apparent, scorsese apparent, was here apparently he would say superhero <laughs> movies aren't cinema except it, if you finance them yourself yes oh, and you make burns yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway what have you been finding cool lately uh been, so what i've been finding cool is the movie since i again haven't had internet for a while uh, my son really loves watching How to Train Your Dragon, and over the, over the course of his life, he's probably watched that a lot of times. I don't want to give a number, but he's watched <laughs> it a lot of times. Um, and that being as it is, I have watched it many times, and it is such a good movie. It's one for one. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Score is awesome. It's mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think Peter Doyle is the composer. I, I love, I, I'm pretty sure. I want to see. Am I right? Patrick Doyle. Oh, hang on. I'll pull it up. Patrick Doyle is the composer. He is a Irish-born composer. I'm pretty sure it's Patrick or Peter. Okay. Let's check Elijah's sin, uh, composer this knowledge. This is like trivia time here. Doom, 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 doom. Except my my, my uh, iPad isn't going fast enough. I'll let you continue love, doing that. But Yeah, I love How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, it's. I love the the whole series. It's such a it's such a good story, and like in terms of like being a father son story in the first one, then you have the mother aspect in the second one. But the first one, like, it's it's such a good story in terms of like understanding like 
the issues that fathers and sons have with communicating with each other and expectations and what to do when your son's not like you. Not that, not necessarily that I'm dealing with these these issues with my son, but I, I recognize them as as being something that's common to most most people. Um, and also, I love dragons, and they dealt with them really well. And they're just the visual style mm-hmm. of those dragons and the people, the Vikings. Yeah. It's so cool. It's Vikings wonderful. fighting dinosaurs, or not dinosaurs, but dragons. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's John the, Powell is John the name that I Powell. came up with. No, really? That's what it says. I'm having trouble finding. I had trouble finding that, but that actually, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm on the wrong movie. On Spotify. I'm on the wrong movie. I'm pretty sure. Cause I'm going to be, he's going to be vindicated here in just a second. I will no, be it says, still says John Powell. No! Is it? You're going to have to check okay, on your Okay, hold on. Thing. All right, sorry. Um, so, continue. While you're looking for that, I lo- so I love How to Train Your Dragon for the, <laughs> oh, no, he's been. I'm wrong. Oh, dear. Oh, man, from C.S. Lewis to this. <laughs> I've been proven wrong. This oh. is why I just don't put my foot out there. I try, man. I yeah. try, especially yeah. with music. I, I'm not gonna. I, I love music, and I don't know why I got yeah. that wrong. I always thought it was the the guy who did uh, the music for uh, Harry Potter, the oh. fourth one. Uh, let me see. So, How to Train Your Dragon. The series follows a kid who is. Uh, a scrawny he's a scrawny viking and if you know anything about vikings vikings aren't supposed to be scrawny and he does a terrible job at being a viking yeah they're supposed to kill dragons and he can't seem to kill a dragon and then he ends up finding a dragon making it his pet his pal his companion and the dragon is dependent on him to be able to fly and so there's this uh, synergistic relationship between him and the dragon and he ends up uh, discovering that if his dad continues to try to kill dragons, his dad is going to die because he's going into the heart of the yep. big dragon lair and the bigger monster and the bigger dragon. And so mm-hmm. he's got to save his dad. And in the end, him and his dragon kind of sacrifice themselves for the for the tribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a, it's a beautiful movie. Wonderful situation about fathers and sons. And it's not the typical stupid father trope no. of, you know, a lot of Disney and Pixar stuff where you've got... Uh, junior knows best you yeah. know he's he's really the one and dad just has to get on board mm-hmm. because it's it it, it doesn't I, I would i don't know how to specifically i think the di- father's good at what, like like you said the father's good at what he does like he has skill he's able to defeat dragons with his bare hands yes and he just since birth and so like he he's not like this like dumb dad who sits on the couch like he he knows what he's doing he's intelligent to how the dragons act and so with that he has reasons for why the dragons aren't good yeah and right. that that comes into some conflict with his son's ideas of of the dragons and they actually have debates and it it takes a lot for his dad to see and it shows yeah. that that match of pride that sons and fathers have a lot of times right. and does a really good job with it that. does a great job with it yeah and then in the second one i love the the uh tension that it creates where now they Burke, their town has come to love dragons and dragons are just living mm-hmm. with them and everything's great. And yeah. it's actually a wonderful life and dragons and humans can live together. And then there's this Draco Bloodfist, this really dark, bad character who's trying to dominate all the dragons mm-hmm. and build this dragon army. And so he is convinced that he's going to go stop Draco. But when he goes, mm-hmm. he discovers that 
Drago cannot be convinced. Drago is not going to be swayed by rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Drago is only someone who is is dealt with by violence. Mm-hmm. And there's that that like the pacifist question yeah. of what do you do? You know, should we be pacifist? Like, so it, it, there's mm-hmm. some heavy themes yeah. in these kids movies that are just so. Yeah. So great, so good for adults and kids. Yeah, it's got it's a good story, and I, I was I was we're probably going to re- revisit this subject in the future. But just like uh, showing your kids movies that have that are, are good stories that have true things about them that have a beginning, middle, and an end uh, that have lessons learned. That way, they can learn what a good story is. So that way, when they're living their life, they just inherently know what a, what a good story is. Yeah. And, and if you know how what a good story is, you know and this was going to connect with Rango is connecting those stories to real life, living a life that is like the story that you right. believe in yes. and, and actually making that happen and yep. propelling yourself into conflict just as the characters that you, you, uh, admire. You watch. The, yeah. yeah the, the characters that you admire in mm-hmm. the stories yeah. are the types of characters you should try to be. Exactly. And often as a kid's author that I really like to follow says when you're stuck, not knowing what you're supposed to do, step back and ask yourself what would my character in my story do that would be interesting or good yeah. or right yeah. and see yourself as a part of a story and what would he do and that thing might be terribly scary it might demand bravery and it might be very risky but if mm-hmm. the character in your story would do that the character that you would want to be mm-hmm. then do that yeah even if it's you know whatever the cost yeah so Definitely. Yeah. And I'm going to give away my big rule for parents as far mm-hmm. as choosing stuff for their kids to watch. If you do not enjoy watching the film or the show, don't let your kids watch it. And that's, the, I think there are, I've got bigger reasons for that. But the most practical reason is that when your kids start watching one thing, they are going to want, especially when they're really young, they're going to want to watch it again and again and again and again. So if you don't want to be driven insane, choose something <laughs> that you don't mind watching again and again yeah. and again and again. Hmm. that's my that's, that's my rule yeah that was that was my family my wife and i's rule it's a good rule kids stuff so i like it so speaking of movies that we have watched again and again yeah. and again with our kids we're going to dive into one of my all-time favorite movies and that is the movie rango mm-hmm. starring johnny depp directed oh, yeah. by gore verbinski gore verbinski he's the man made a kid's film although it's not <laughs> i wouldn't i would argue that this isn't exactly a kid's film the, yeah. but <laughs> so i have on the foxfire farmhouse website yeah. a section for foxfire recommends and i split it up the categories of my recommendations based on foods almost so mm-hmm. here's my here's my, my categories i've mm-hmm. got junk food yeah. i've got snack food i have um roller coasters so that's not food but then i and then i have roller coasters for older writers that's where things like mad max fall into the category movies that are just a good ride the uh like this is where the roller coaster section is where i would put stuff like mission impossible or james bond Bond, or things like that just good rides that are a lot Mm -hmm. of fun but i'm not going to them for story nourishment right Mm -hmm. like there might be good things that i get along the way but yeah. it's not the reason I'm going to those movies. Yeah. But then, so in the snack food category is where things like how to tra- I actually have how to train your dragon in the snack food category of the things that are wholesome snacks for kids yeah. that are really going that are going to nourish them and that they're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I've also got a category that's the fine wine category, and these are the movies like uh, I have Calvary in there, I have Captain Fantastic in there, I have. 
some of Andrei Tarkovsky's films, things like that. The mm-hmm. Hidden Life by uh, Terrence Malick, probably any of Malick's films would end yeah. up landing in that category. They're harder things to appreciate, right? Like, or, or even, I guess, if you don't drink wine, you could go to like a coffee analogy that this mm-hmm. is like the black coffee mm-hmm. that you have to learn to like and you have to learn to pick up on the notes and yeah. the flavors. And so wine is not the kind of thing that a kid just would drink on its own. If a kid drank wine, they're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. It's an acquired taste that they have to learn what it's like yeah. to enjoy that film. And then they're going to get something from it. I say all that to say that in my categorization of where Rango falls, mm-hmm. Rango actually sits in the junk food or in the snack food and in the fine wine categories for yeah. me. Because <laughs> on the surface, on the level of fun, goofy cartoon characters yeah. who go through a romping adventure, mm-hmm. and like this hits all the boxes for my kids to enjoy it. Yeah. But then on the level of fine wine, it actually is it has something more there that is valuable. And is the kind of thing that an adult with good taste could find yeah. enjoyable. So that's how it kind of defies the categories, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, it, it traipses into a bunch of different genres. It's got that uh, that sweet little aspect of, of an animated uh, animal film. And then it's also got that aspect of a gritty, uh, like... Uh, western noir kind of vibe to it where there's there's a mystery and there's a there's a bad sheriff and there's all there's all the, there's all these these items that that both audiences of of uh parents and uh children can enjoy and it's it's got that uh dimension that really can be looked at looked into in a serious way i mean you just look at the director i mean this isn't a mm-hmm. children's movie director you're not talking about somebody who directs comedy all the time. It's somebody who directed, I mean, he directed a couple of Disney movies, but they're like Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean Lone, Ra- Lone Ranger, and a couple other films that I haven't actually watched. Um, yeah, he's not hes not the kind you would typically peg as being, he's not a Brad Bird or someone like that. No. He's m- more a mature filmmaker, ma- yeah. making films for mature audiences. Yeah. And this lands within that category while at the same time still reaching down and allowing it to be something that kids can get from the bottom shelf. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a beautiful movie. It's uh, to bring back our very favorite cinematographer. Oh, the yes. cinematographer credited on this movie is Roger Deakins, and so it is a stunning, uh, stunningly beautiful film. Mm-hmm. It's a west. It it plays visually in the western genre most of all. Yep. And so it's uh, got a lot of those western vibes. Uh, it if you you just have to first of all you should just go watch it, and then you can listen to us talk about yes. it a little bit. Watch. So the, so the story to start with uh, picks up with a gecko, mm-hmm. I think is what he it's is. It's a chameleon. Chameleon, that's right. He's not a gecko, story, he's a chameleon. Story things. It has, yeah, it's a significant, uh, yeah. because the theme of the movie is who, who is he? Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a, I'm a, character, I'm he's a hero undefined. He's a, he, yeah, he starts off a- acting as though he's in, he's in a theater play. I didn't realize that he didn't have a name. He doesn't have a name. Until he makes he up Rango name. is his own name. There is no name for this character. It's like the man with no name, Clint Eastwood. Yep. And that yeah. comes in later too. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's all sorts of uh, Western vibes that are being pulled off here. But that he starts in this, uh, what do you, not an aquarium because there's not, it's not full uh, water. Terrarium. Terrarium. So he starts inside this terrarium. Yeah. And all he has is this half mannequin. 
He's got a goldfish, a wind-up goldfish, a dead, a dead, a dead cockroach, <laughs> and a palm tree, and then and that's all he's got. Yep. And he and he's got one of those uh, sword toothpicks for sandwiches that mm-hmm. he's holding in his hand, and he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And that <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, it's let me pitch this movie to you. Here's the scene. It is a it's a it's a lizard of some sort, a chameleon, yeah, and a chameleon. he's in a terrarium, and this is what he has around him. He's also in the back of a car. Yeah, which you don't find out until <laughs> yeah. the moment that everything kicks off because he says, "Oh, it's just so gloriously self-aware in the beginning." Mm-hmm. You, you must watch the first five minutes, or I, it's probably not even five minutes; it's probably three minutes. Yeah. Just to, that scene itself is just absolutely glorious. Even just up to the armadillo, just before the armadillo. Yes, like, yes. And, I mean, because then he says, "A hero needs conflict." That's yeah. what we're missing in the yeah. story. And he needs something Some that's going to propel him into yeah. contra- conflict. And then you hear the screech of wheels. Uh, the camera zooms out. You realize he's on the back of a station wagon. Yeah. And then they swerve to miss what later you're going to find out is an armadillo. And his whole terrarium is just thrown out of the car. His world is shattered. Literally. Uh, <laughs> there's so much visual storytelling in this. It's, it's fantastic. Awesome. It's so dense. But it's just, a, it's just a chameleon being thrown out the back of the car. To a child, he's yes. like him getting thrown in. But to an adult, you're like, oh. Oh, so much imagery so here. Dark. And it <laughs> smashes onto the ground. Yeah. He is now in the desert. Mm-hmm. There's no uh there's no one around now. Suddenly mm-hmm. it's very quiet. There's only an armadillo who's been run over. And <laughs> this movie just sounds ridiculous yeah. talking about it. But that's why you must watch it, is because yeah. it is gloriously ridiculous. Yeah. And then he's he's trying to find water in a town called dirt. And he has these odd visions or dreams that just are so visually interesting yeah so he ends up the armadillo sends him off into the into the desert to find water and he says go that way and you must to find water you must first find dirt Mm -hmm. and so he heads off he ends up meeting up in the town with this cast of characters and all of the characters i have to stop and pause and talk about them for a moment oh yeah beautifully distinct these are not the kind of there is uh th- these are not your generic animal characters like no. something you'd see in a disney movie such as zootopia yeah. or uh they're not clean they're not symmetrical sing. no none <laughs> of them are symmetrical not even the main character is no. symmetrical they're all just these beautifully designed characters this is the first animated film made by Indutri- industrial lights and magic ilm oh. and they're the ones who did all do special effects and visual effects for big budget movies like yeah. star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, Jurassic park. These are the people behind the technology that yeah. really has propelled the industry forward. And so this is the first film made by them and it, sh- it shows it's, yeah. it's just They're really flexing stunning. all their muscles. Like every Absolutely. character has so much detail on them just down to like the little, like quick, like little quirks that they have. Like yes. so a lot of them have like these twitches that it's they delicious. have yeah. and it's just awesome. <laughs> wonderful stuff and so so the characters themselves are great to just watch yeah and there's all sorts of characters there's They're a dirty, spider grimy. there's like a tarantula there's a uh there's different types of lizards there's a uh crow i mean just all, all sorts of different characters that come into it and like, I'm a, like a mole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just thought of that part <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta You'll go understand if you watch the movie but so then uh he, they go into they, he shows up into town. He goes into the saloon to get water. Mm-hmm. He asks for water. Everyone thinks he's crazy because the town is running low on water, which he discovers through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give him cactus juice, but cactus juice is like 
a super stiff moonshine to yeah. them. That's how it's played. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he gets a drink, but then in walks, but, but as they ask who he is and where he's from, he realizes that he can be theatrical here and make up who he is. And so mm-hmm. there's on the cactus bottle of cactus juice, mm-hmm. it comes from Durango mm-hmm. and his thumb is over the Durr and all he's got <laughs> is the Rango. Yep. And so he calls himself Rango and that becomes the name of his character. Yep. And he makes up the story about how he he has this great monologue there describing who he is. And I that the Whatchamacallit is, brothers. Oh, the... well, well, he doesn't, he doesn't get, that's not in the monologue. Oh. So he gives this monologue about who he who he is and I, I want to, it's the kind of monologue I would love to memorize mm-hmm. and be able to quote on the spot because it's yeah. just splendid. But Johnny then, Depp does a good job. Yes. Yeah. After and so at the end of the monologue, he is. Uh, they ask him, "Are you the one that killed the Jenkins brothers?" And he says, "Yep, uh, with, with one, one bullet." bullet. <laughs> and then he's like, "All seven of them." <laughs> And then he has to come up with a big story about how he killed all seven. Yeah, and goes outside and then cuts back to him in the middle of telling the story. And yeah. it, it bounced off of this. And, yeah. yeah. It's, and so so then to Heck, speed up, we're taking a long time. Dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking a long time to describe yeah, this plot because we love this movie too much. And I apologize to our viewers. You need to watch this movie. it's definitely uh, a talk that is more like an insider talk that you're here wondering what we're talking about. And so I really hope that you've seen this movie mm-hmm. so that you can be in on it too. But uh, the rest of the plot goes that he becomes the sheriff Mm -hmm. and is responsible for protecting the town's water supply, which he doesn't do. Mm -hmm. The town's water supply is stolen, and now there's a mystery, and they've got to figure out who's behind it, what's going on. Why is the town's water drying up? Because it even dries up even more while he's there. And so it's this big mystery of him trying to figure out what's going on. All with the backdrop of it turns out that the guy who made him the sheriff is the bad guy. guy, He's the one controlling the water, and he's the one who needs stopped. But then he calls in Rattlesnake Jake, who is the kind of gunslinger villain, uh, the the, the, uh, gun for hire that he calls in to take care of the sheriff. If you've seen a few dollars more, he's the guy with the hat. He's the the big brim hat, and it's it's awesome. There's so so many callbacks in this entire film. And but. so when he shows up, mm-hmm. then he puts the lie to Rango mm-hmm. that Rango is a nobody, that Rango is a, t- a total fiction, someone that he's made up, and he's sent off away from town. Didn't Jeffrey Rush play him, or is it the? Uh, I can't picture Jeffrey Rush. I don't. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean guy. Oh no! It's a. Uh, it's the guy from. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of what that guy's from. Um, Bill Nye. Yep, Bill Nye. Yep, that's the guy. And, and he uh, Barbosa. So, yes, that's, that's yes. Him. So he not sends, Barbosa. That's Jeffrey Rush. No, he's uh, Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The big. The, Both have worked with Gore Verbinski. Yep, the the tentacle beard guy. Mm-hmm. And he sends Rango out of town. Yep. And Rango is left to go. And Rango goes back and crosses the road and all this other stuff it's you just got to watch it to understand Mm -hmm. but he goes out into the desert and he finds the spirit of the west which is basically an alabaster chariot with his golden guardians it's basically clint eastwood with his oscars in the back of his golf uh, cart golf cart (laughs) while he's out uh, with a metal detector finding scraps at the bottom of an old lake yep and so and again this stuff all sounds absolutely bizarre but it totally plays. But it's totally wonderful. <laughs> and this Timothy Oliphant played him. 
Yes. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it's you've got to go watch it. Yeah. I don't even know why we're doing this podcast. We I don't should know. just just we, we should, should just be watching Rango instead of doing it's, a podcast. It's such a good movie. So oh, I yeah. just like so to make that we're already thirty minutes into this hmm. chatting about the show. Oh yeah. But just to just to back out, I think that like what it does that's so valuable is that it's this character trying to find out who he is mm-hmm. or trying to create himself, really, yeah. is what he's doing. He has no identity, and he tries to create it on his own. And it goes well for a while, yeah. but then inevitably everything comes crashing down and his identity is all fake. And he gets... He, he leaves. He has this moment of enlightenment of crossing the road. Yeah. But but it's talking to the spirit of the West that he ends up realizing the spirit of the West tells him that it's not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. It's about what the people need and who cares who you are. Mm-hmm. If you are there and these people need you to do something for them, then just go be who you need to be for them. And mm-hmm. that's where we find our identity. And I don't know if this is how the filmmakers would have described the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what I think it does demonstrate realistically is that our own identity is not found by our self-creation. Mm-hmm. That that has never been how people have found in the past their, who they are. You know who you are based on who you have to serve and mm-hmm. what skills and abilities you have to use in service of the good of other people like like for uh men who who we we always want to like strive to figure out who who we are and it's always a struggle and that's why we have these midlife crises and all these things it's it's a struggle because you're like who am i who am i now that some things have changed like yeah uh we're i think it's important for us to remember and it saves us a lot of trouble most of the times is to remember that we're fathers that we're husbands like that that's these are things that define us where we're employees we're or supervisors or whatever whatever we are it's honestly like your responsibilities and being the best at your responsibility is is really one of the things that makes you um and we've and i think some of that midlife crisis idea comes from thinking that we are supposed to create our own identity Mm -hmm. and we be and we were trying to create it from the get-go. Yeah. That maybe, and I don't know, I've never, I don't know if I qualify as having hit midlife crises yeah. before, but I have hit those times where I tried to create myself to be something. I wanted, at times, I wanted to be the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And then the way that God put my life together, mm-hmm. it just didn't happen. And it wasn't for a, it wasn't for laziness on my part yeah. or some kind of, bad acting on my end mm-hmm. as much as it was that I had responsibilities that pulled me away mm-hmm. or demanded something else from me. Mm-hmm. And those, that pull felt bad. It mm-hmm. feels like, well, who am Like, look at my life. It's not what I wanted to create. Yeah. And if it's not what I wanted to create, is it actually the right life? Right. Is mm-hmm. it just that I've been lazy and not pushed hard enough to make my life what I wanted it to yeah. be? But often that's a I lie think, that we believe. Yes. Uh, like, and whenever you see these destructive situations where people just up and leave their families and all that mm-hmm. stuff, it's, it's because of that. It's that, it's that selfish idea of like you're saying, it's, it's, I'm creating myself like this. These are my responsibilities, not my actual responsibilities that I have currently, whether that's, you're trying to do something good, like becoming yeah. a filmmaker or like those stories of like people trying to become missionaries and they forsake their family. Right. And their children, and like that's that's not that's not you're breaking. Yeah, you have to think about these things first. These are 
this is what you got. This is what God has given you. And you have to take care of that. And I think what's interesting about that is that in the story of Rango, mm-hmm. had Rango, when he crosses the road and is kicked out of the old, his whole life fell apart. The he sham of the his river. life. Yeah, yeah, his sham of his life is yeah. gone. Then had he said, well, who am I going to be now? Mm-hmm. And recreated himself. That would have been a horrible Mm-hmm. And like no one would say, Rango, you need to do this. Everyone would say, Rango, go fight and stand and maybe mm-hmm. die. But sacro, give yourself trying to help these people who need yeah. help. They need some kind of deliverance, mm-hmm. and they're looking. They they are looking to you. Mm-hmm. So why not be that guy? Mm-hmm. And it's easy to see that in the story. Mm-hmm. But when we have those kinds of crises in our own lives of what am I? So who am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. then it can very we can very quickly say, well, go recreate yourself. Mm-hmm. When if we were to back out and look at ourselves a little more objectively, we would say, no. Like, mm-hmm. you've got a wife and three kids, Josh. Mm-hmm. Don't You don't need to go pursue this particular dream or you yeah. don't need to go pursue this kind of yeah. vision of your life. Just give yourself in service to them. And mm-hmm. that is a beautiful story mm-hmm. of laying down your life for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, do that. Dying to self. That's, that's, that, that's our, our goal is to take what God has given us and to do the best at it and, and all aspects of life from mundane to, like, large roles that we have. Like, and just it goes to every, every relationship. Who, who, what, what, who am I and what is my responsibility to this, like, this relationship? Like, for my wife, I'm her mm-hmm. husband to my uh son i'm his father into my pastor i'm a member of his congregation and like and all and all these things into my supervisor i am i'm his i'm his servant i'm his employee and so like it's it's all of that and then doing the best at, at who you recognize that you are yeah um that's pretty and cool. what's yeah and what's so cool about this movie is you've got a movie that deals with that kind of theme and is the kind of thing your kids would love yeah and they will laugh at my kids, quote, those first lines of Rango all the time. And there's a line that Rango says where he says, a hero cannot exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And I swear they think that he's talking about a vacuum cleaner. And so they repeat that line so yeah. much. And a hero then, cannot exist. Uh, yeah, there's a line that he says, uh, hark, who goes there? And they <laughs> will say that. They, they, they love the movie. Yeah. And they would watch it again and again more than most movies. A little and, too uh, good. I've, I do that yeah. one all the time. I think that's what I've taken out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. You're good. That's a little too good. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And this I just got the, the joke when he's like, you're a tree. There I said it. And like, <laughs> I'm like, that That uh, means so much more now to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, 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 he's like, a, you're things. a little wooden. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good. So it's just, you've got to go watch this movie. Watch it with your kids. I, I will warn you that there are innuendos in mm-hmm. the film. But Pretty much I, straight out. <laughs> but I think that the innuendos are all lost on the kids. Yeah. Right? These are the kind of... I mean, maybe if you had teenagers or something, but yeah. but by the time the kids are of age to be getting the innuendos, it's probably not inappropriate for them to hear them. So, yeah. uh, but man, it's a good movie. You, it's the kind of movie that you might be wondering, what in the world am I watching? But yeah. stick to it. And, when you go, and also when you go to see it, like, don't... Don't sit there and like go. Oh, okay, I got to put my analyzing pants on. Like, enjoy the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a movie to be enjoyed. Absolutely. And then you can analyze it. Like any movie, yep. enjoy the movie. It's it's a boring existence to analyze every movie. Yeah. Like, enjoy. Them, so, most of the time, I think that the default should be watch the movie, enjoy mm-hmm. it, and then if you enjoyed it, 
ask yourself, why did I enjoy it? Think about it. And if you hated it, ask yourself, what did I hate about this movie? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be enlightening and yeah. better. Let yourself experience it first. And I think that if that, it's a movie that you can analyze yeah. as it's going on, yep. then it probably sucks. Yeah. You're like, oh man, all these things. Because that, that's, that's the point of the movie is that you're not necessarily like thinking about it while you're watching it. It's it's the goal of the movie to have you think about it after it's stopped. Like right. You want you want to keep thinking about it. You want to keep thinking about the about the themes. And that that was one thing I was watching one of the directors. He was like, "That's that's a good movie," is when I've I've made you think about it the next day. Hmm. He's like, "That's my measure of success." Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. So go out and watch Rango. Go out Check and watch How out. to Train Your Dragon. The three of them, which we didn't so mention, good. but it was also cinematographer Roger Deakins. Oh yeah, second one. Yep, the second one was and Redemption. Patrick Doyle did do the fourth Harry Potter and it does sound similar, but it is John Powell. So ah, I did know mm-hmm. it's not some random. There we go. Got There's my cred back. He's, he Even though I was wrong. I was still wrong. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, well that's been yeah. another episode of Foxfire farmhouse, the podcast. We're glad that you've stuck with us to the end. Uh, if you like the podcast or if you hate the podcast, leave us a review and rating written on yeah preferably tell us why you hate us or why you love us if you can mm-hmm. otherwise uh just you know give us some kind of feedback yeah uh, you can find the foxfire farmhouse facebook page on facebook obviously uh and uh, you can get in touch with us there or you can email us at podcast at foxfirefarmhouse.com god willing that will be running by the time you hear this podcast uh anyway that's that's yeah. the end this is the end of the podcast thanks yeah. for listening Thank you. Bye. Bye.